Hello there, everybody. Welcome to The First Ones to Die. We are your hosts, Jerome, Jonathan, and Alex. And today we're going to be talking about Christmas and all the things that we'll like, and also doing a retro review of Polar Express as well. It's going to be a great time. We're all going to have some fun here. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You are now listening to The First Ones to Die. The First Ones to Die. First Ones to Die. Hey everyone, welcome to the first Once to Die podcast. We are so happy to be bringing some holiday cheer to your lives at this moment. 2020 has been a year, but we are here to provide some end of year holiday cheer. Don't call me Buster Rhymes. Um, <laughs> I am here spitting I, I was hot bars. Thinking about Cat in the Hat, I won't lie. <laughs> you were Dr. Seuss in it. <laughs> Um, so as you may have noticed, we are no longer behind the Usher station. We are now called the first ones to die. Um, we've done a little bit of a rebranding. We're ready to start off 2021 in a new fashion. Um, Jerome, you want to talk a little bit about why we decided to, to change our name? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we are... We figured just, you know, especially since none of us are ushers anymore, we wanted to change it into something that fits more both our personalities, but also something that is more uh, up our alley as fans of film and movies and all types of tropes in movies at that. So, you know, all of us being uh, minority people <laughs> of color, as it would be, uh, we are traditionally in most, especially horror movies, but not exclusively, uh, the first ones to die as it as it goes. So uh, we thought it was a clever name, a catchy name, and we enjoy it, and we hope you will enjoy it, and we hope that you also enjoy seeing more content from us under this new name and under this new uh, umbrella. Don't worry, it's still going to be the same great taste, you know, same five cups of sugar, all that stuff in the recipe, just new name, new title, that's all, so, you know. And Alex, what do you think of our brand new rebranding? Well, I will say now with Jordan Peele, you guys tend to be more safe than I am. I'm still scared. <laughs> uh, so a lot of times it might just be me for reviewing a Jordan Peele film going on. Uh, but I think it allows us to branch open a little more and go into more topics and discussions. I feel like we were a little tied down and yet put us with a past. We're not. Although we're connected and it did bring us together, it's not a big part of who we are anymore. You know, we've branched off creativity, creativity wise and like in our everyday life, you know, there's just more to us now. And it just seems to be a waste that we kept focusing on one thing when there's so much more. Nice. I'm excited. Um, I think the name is catchy. It looks great on uh, our social platforms, which... We'll tell you a little bit about right now. You can follow us at uh, the first ones to die on Instagram, um, on Facebook, and Twitter at first ones to die. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or email us at the first ones to die at gmail.com. And we oh, also and have all- a TikTok. Yes. Mainly it's just yeah. me being bored. <laughs> also, uh, if you are, like, if you're, you know, a fan from our behind the usher station days and you're like well what's gonna happen to the old episodes what about what about the behind the usher station stuff do not worry all that stuff will still be available in fact it will still be um a part of podbean google play itunes stuff like that we are in the process of kind of uh you know as far as the titles goes just re-editing them so you'll know you know you won't be confused if you see first ones to die pop up in your podcast feed or stuff that you follow um but uh, you know, nonetheless, you will be able to have access to all those old, all those 28 episodes we did behind the Usher station and enjoy that content as well. Yes. All right. And speaking of uh, people who might have been the first ones to die, let's talk about Polar Express. So Polar Express is a an animated um, movie that came out in 2004, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks and a bunch of other um, people. It was the first movie to ever um, include all uh, motion capture um, technology. And we just watched it, Jerome and I, for the 
hundredth time. time. Alex for That's the probably my fourth time, fourth or fifth. It's probably time about my fourth or fifth time too. Uh, Alex watched it for the very first time, and we are going to get her reaction live. So, Alex, um, well, you guys did record it. As Jonathan pointed out uh, during one part, I was making some faces. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was promised magic and whimsicalness, and I just found a lot of things creepy. And like a strange man comes to you in the middle of the night, you know, with promises of Santa and magic. I just I find a lot of issues <laughs> with this movie. I found it kind of slow and just child endangerment. And then the weird homeless man on the train who keeps turning into snow. Who doesn't want the conductor to find him. What would happen if the conductor found him? Would he kick him off the train? Then the magic would be broken, you know. You can't see his former selves in other lives, I imagine. The conductor's the homeless man, too? Well, I mean, he's played by Tom Hanks, so... Well, yeah, but the little boy's played by Tom Hanks, too, or... As an the adult, narrator. but Wait, not as a child. does that mean he grew up to be... The conductor is he stuck in a time loop? Forced you know, to like just these are these are some interesting because theories. he's the only adult now that believes in Santa because he's the only adult that hears a bell. So he's that... not the only adult. He's the only adult in his family that believes in Santa. Right, but how many adults would believe in Santa? So that means he's probably a rare adult who believes in Santa. So they need him, right? They would probably hire him. Enlist. I don't feel like it's a paying job. <laughs> I mean, you get paid Recruit. in magic powers. I mean, that conductor can do some magic stuff with them tickets. What? I mean, he's very skilled at punching holes. Yes. And that was one of the things that we kept mentioning during the movie. Um, it was a it was a recurring statement. This movie is about magic. Okay. Anytime someone tried to bring up something, like magic is like an excuse <laughs> because, like, okay, no, there's a scene. Where the train is like, you know, out of control and it got it has to cross the ice, but then nobody's explaining to me properly that the train tracks are under the frozen ice. That means they're originally in the water. No, so that, that just means that the land that they're why? built on is below sea level. So it floods when the snow melts. And then you know, the 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 water probably either it, evaporates or seeps into the ground below. Or maybe the Polar Express is just that old that the land has now eroded and turned into this. Also this... possible. Then why didn't they get like a better like route or something? Because when you got magic covering your back, you don't need to change the route. Exactly, well, magic's got you. Ta the conductor and those two. Idiots! I don't. I don't know. They. I don't know their name. They. The guy with the long beard seemed very panicked. By the way, the conductor pulled on the long man's beard and was torturing him to get the caribou. To it, it's because he's sick of their crap. No, and it's probably right. Well, no, no, no. It's probably they, they, they were. The light bulb. They, they were being helpful. They were probably panicked because you know how mm -hmm. like if the caribou or the workers. The 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 workers because you said the workers were pretty panicked. And like, why would they be panicked if that was a normal thing? It's it's they 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 cross this this track or this this path once every year. So by the time you get to it the next year, you're like, oh, I survived last year. It wasn't that bad. But then when you actually get there, it's like, oh shoot, I'm about to die. So that's what they were feeling in that moment. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you you've gone through it so many times, you should be extra prepared. Like. Yes, I understand. This is a completely frozen lake, about maybe a mile, two miles long. We should be extra prepared. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, and the biggest. Oh, go ahead. There go was ahead. no emergency brake also in the engine room. It was only in the like ca passenger the car. cabin. Where... Yeah, cabin. Thank you. Why was there no emergency brake in the actual engine room? Because the brake is in the emergency engine room. That's what they pulled. But no, then that broke. The... So they... no, it didn't. The throttle broke. The pin out the throttle broke, which is why they were accelerating. The brake was fine. Then why didn't they pull the brake? Because you can't brake on, a... They... on a hill. No, but they were going up. That would have been the perfect time to brake. Do you the not remember that these in. two guys are idiots? They didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm just, there was ways to be safer. 
and then the weird train grew up growing length for no reason. And you wonder why the conductor why pulls on his the, beard. Why are also the children like in the caboose area and suddenly the train will grow like 11 cars for what? For the creepy toys. The creepy toys. Is all the, the train's just for the creepy toys. Well, there, there is a train car for the creepy I don't toys, think yeah. he's even supposed to have children on that train. I think his original job was just to collect the broken toys to repurpose them. Upcycle, which is great. I don't think he was supposed to be collecting children. You think he was supposed How? to collect the toys and bring them to Santa or the elves right, so they can? Because what? Uh, why? How? How did this start? He was no, because like... Santa picks one child to give a present to. He wouldn't plan on doing that if he wasn't planning but on children being there. It wasn't even a th- real thing. I mean, he didn't even. He gave the kid a bell that fell off Th- a sleigh. That's because he asked for it. That kid could have asked for anything. He wanted the bell. Which, that's not the movie. That's the story. Like, the book. Right. In the book, he asked for the bell. Gets, but, like... like okay, let's like let's let's say... No let's say... And they had a lot of, like, the music kept slowing down. Let's say you were... Out. Let's say you were a... You said you would have been, like, 14 when this movie came out. Let's say you were sitting in the theater around that age. Let's say you were sitting in the theater at that age. What would young Alex, younger Alex, have thought of this movie? Probably the same thing. You would have looked at all. You would have analyzed all the technical aspects. Yeah, actually, probably because I was kind of an analytical child. Yeah. I would have been the child not getting on the train being like, no. And then probably waking up my mom being like, you got to call the cops. There's a guy in a train abducting children. In the neighborhood. That's not on tracks. But also, there were no Mexican or Spanish kids on that train. As far you, as we know, we only you, followed was, three kids. There might have been one any black of the other girl children. and one Asian kid. We didn't see any of the other children except that Asian kid. But that's well, only because we were we looking for like, the Asian. No, no, no. We were looking for someone like, else of color. To there find was like on that 10 train. children. They were all there standing, cheering for Santa. One Asian, one black. That was it. So clearly, he wasn't rolling by my neighborhood when I was a kid. And that's also true. He went to the suburban neighborhoods to pick up kids. <laughs> well, by the time I was 14, I was living in the suburbs. But this is true. That but was, I when mean, I was you know. 14, Santa was going to roll around at that time. Nah, teenagers like, don't have no respect for Santa. See? So why would 14-year-old Alex? 14-year-old Alex is dark. That's because all she he knows mean. what y'all want. As soon as you hit your teenage years, what do you want? A phone? Uh, all right. Nothing else? Yep, that's it. You would have just been sitting in those seats drinking your hot chocolate like a foot above the other kids. Stay <laughs> in the back. I had chocolate. I so here's, here's, on it. Here's, here's my question, right? You know, because me and Jonathan have seen it. What do you think of, like, because a lot of people's hangups on this movie is mostly the animation. So what do you think about the animation as a whole? I thought the animation was really actually well done. Uh... I always thought Tom, the conductor Tom Hanks, was had hair. I did not like that he was balding. I felt like that wasn't needed. Only when he took off his hat the first time I yeah, saw I, the movie. I, I yeah. didn't want that. I didn't want that. But like, I thought the animation wasn't like as terrifying as everybody kept making it appear to be. It was actually really pretty. And during the movie, I did mention this when they were uh, swerving on the ice. Um, it looked like real ice to me because a lot of ice and films and things tend to be like really pretty blue or like a bright blue or really, really reflective, you know, or clear, crystal clear. You can see right underneath. But growing up in the Midwest, I remember seeing ice and it doesn't look like that at all. It's, you know, kind of gray because it's so thick and light has a problem getting through. So I did like how the ice and the snow looked a little more real. Um... But as for the people in the animation version, because that's what I heard a lot of people had hang-ups about, it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. Same. I had problems with the actual storyline. I agree. Um, I haven't seen this movie in maybe like seven, eight years. And over that time, I've been talking to people who have said, oh, I hate the Polar Express. The animation is creepy and everything. 
granted the story might be creepy and i forgot how dark it, it got at points but i actually thought the animation every ch- okay let's just set this out the way all right wait, wait. every children's story is creepy exactly. every single one there's not one that isn't slightly creepy in some shape or form especially if it's old like <laughs> but fair. that that being said i thought the animation was captivating and and it was it held up well for being made in 2004 so yeah like also the scene where they're on top of the train and when you mentioned it's almost like looking through a camera i did like the pov shots they kind of had they kind of created with the snow mm-hmm. um and i've seen those a lot growing up and you know it's so pretty and i thought that was really pretty and really well done because it did almost look live you know so that was really done and i think the only part the elves creeped me that out <laughs> i think they were trying so hard to make all these different elves look like individuals like giving them different hair and facial features and stuff that that kind of made it creepier mm-hmm. because they had goatees and stuff and i didn't like that um so i think the elves facial features were very creepy but i think they were just trying to do a mass production but still create some individuality but it just ended up looking a lot more jumbled whereas with tom hanks he looked fine to me and so did the kids um i did think their hair was a little weird it was hit or miss because some of their hair like the black girl's hair was really was pretty well done like i could see like some of the little frizzes coming off of her hair in certain scenes when you could see her face a lot more close up but then like the main boy's hair almost at times feels too slick where you, there's highlights where there shouldn't like, have wow, been. that's a lot of highlight like in his, in the sides of his temples or whatever it almost makes like at one point you asked if his hair was gray right at the beginning there was just that much highlights in his hair yeah at the beginning he was lying in bed and it honestly looked gray and it was like wait where are all these like where's the shimmer where this you know this light representation is because i have that light but he was laying in a dark room mm-hmm. so they kind of had this reflective part of him that made no sense so i thought they kind of messed up with the hair a lot and i found that i focused on that quite a bit because a lot of their hairs kept changing especially when they tried to do when they attempted to do kind of like lighter hair like the little blonde boy his hair ended up looking like almost like straw it looked very stiff mm-hmm. but i think yeah they did well on the little girl's hair which, to be fair, for 2000, well, you said 2004, mm-hmm. right, Jonathan? For 2004, hair was very difficult. Um, so I think they got as close as they could um, for the time. Yeah. Like, because now you look at hair now in like some of the Pixar's movies, or even Pixar movies that came out a few years after that, and they, their hair looks incredible. So I think well, it's like. I brought up, it, it I was, brought up it, Frozen know. during this movie. And yeah, mostly of, because of the yeah. snow. The Mostly snow because of snow, but looks... Elsa's hair is like seriously well done. Mm-hmm. That strand, you can see like almost every fiber and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So Elsa's hair is so well done mm-hmm. um, compared to like her counterparts in that film. But like, yeah, that's kind of like the standard I think I'm holding the hair up to is Disney really took it extra steps when they were animating the character's hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think the animation, I've never thought it was that bad. I've, I've definitely seen, I would say, if anything, um, Beowulf, the movie that came after this, uh, is, <laughs> is the one where it's like, again. all right, this is kind of skirting the line a little bit. Um, but, I mean, as far as the, this being the first one Robert Zemeckis did with that type of animation style, I think because it's the first, he – rather kind of uh strayed more to the safe side of having them still look more or less smooth and animated like tom hanks is really the only one who you're like that's tom hanks like that looks exactly like tom hanks that is um, true mm-hmm. and the, and, and, the and billy looks kid. like dewey from malcolm in the middle so he does yeah i he guess really does. That. he does and uh, the know-it-all kid looks a little bit like it looks like his he looks actor but he looks like, like a child character. version of his actor yeah they made um, it purposely look like him, I think. But everybody else, they look fairly, um, fairly fine. You know, the animation does. They don't try too hard to like get every wrinkle in the face and and make them look like they're like real people. And I think that's where the the movie succeeds with the animation, where you don't it, you don't get lost in it 
or get like distracted by how creepy it is. Um, and I think that's why the elves look a little more creepy because they're older. So they try to make them their faces have more contour and realism. Mm-hmm. I think, and that yeah, can, that when can, you like, make usually see like elves, they almost look like children in every other film. Mm-hmm. They always have this childlike wonder and things like that. Yeah, I think this was probably the first film I've seen where the elves look like older adults. And I think that just kind of bothered me on some level. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're supposed to be, what, thousands of years old? Yeah. <laughs> but instead, they just made them look like middle-aged. They made them look like middle-aged men. And being a female, you know, having interactions with middle-aged men, never, it's never pleasant. It, yeah. <laughs> So just seeing a man with a goatee, automatically I'm like, mm, nope. <laughs> automatically I, holding my hand over my drink. Saying like uh, thinking about this movie, I always thought of though of how progressive the movie is that they made the main hero female character a black, which was I was like I remember watching him when I was a kid. I was like that's cool, but B also <laughs> wait 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 I like how you phrase that a black. Yeah. Oh, I meant to say like and I was going to go down I what list. you meant. Like yeah, I, I know what list, you right? meant, going... but I just like the way you phrase that. A black. That's all right. You got me. <laughs> but I was going to go down the list. Like a, she's black. They made her B, a black. She's the and she's kind of the leader of the like the even though you're following this main kid, who is the main character, um, she's mostly the one who's kind of the the leader the like driver driving force for a lot of the actions that happen in the movie and so and even the movie admits like that's her character and so it kind of gives uh, it's also yeah she's the one driving the plot forward really it's not the kid because he follows her around for most Mm -hmm. of the movie um very so in fact in fact i think now i think about every idea is always her idea and then he's like I'm yeah, not, because he pulls the emergency brake because, because she's like, we need to stop the train for the kid. And right. And she just follows him about. I will say, I did like how they did her hair. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, you know, with POC co- characters or characters, you know, that are not inherently white, they will have them have straighter hair or, you know, like the straight hair or something where it's just tied back. Something where it's really controlled but she really genuinely had the little girls you know ponytails Mm -hmm. and they were not perfectly put together which you know even for my hair having that is not a thing if i put it in like pigtails or things like that they're gonna go askew because that's the type of hair i have so it was nice to see that they kept kind of more true to um a poc form she didn't Mm. look like she had you know strained her hair for hours Mm -hmm. so that was nice. What what year or decade did you say this movie was? Like? I don't. I've always guessed that it's somewhere around the sixties, and I said fifties. By the way, I meant to say it was seventies, like the sixties or the seventies, based on how old the toys look. I like actually the fact they're playing with marionette puppets and stuff like that. Because I, it's so weird. Because when you mentioned that, I was like. That's why I said I, I thought this took place in modern times because I don't because everything that takes place on the train could basically take place any today. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. They, that's what that's probably the, uh, one of the intentions of the filmmakers is that they want this to be a timeless movie. But if you look at the beginning of the end and all the all the like artifacts, the and he had a record player. Yeah, he had a, he was like reading newspapers and different magazines and the car if you looked at the cars outside they looked about 60s so i would say 60s yeah Yeah. that makes a little more sense um but i can see what you mean about it holding to a modern time frame when they're at least on the train Mm -hmm. um especially when during the holidays kids always get with those weird pajamas i remember being in like festive pajamas Mm -hmm. well it reminds me of um the incredibles where the Incredibles, you have no clue what time period it takes in because it has yeah. like '70s chic, but then it also has like futuristic technology, so right. it could be modern day or it could be the future. But they just kept the style from that time, uh, like uh, that Art Deco time. So 
it's hard to say. And I, I feel like this movie is the same way where it's like it's there's styles from different things. So it's hard to say what time period actually takes place in. But I like Jonathan said, I think that's the point is that it's supposed to be like if it's gotta I show, transcend a little more through time. Yeah. If I show my kids this movie they'll get the same thing out of it that I got when I was their age. And then if they show their kids this movie, then they'll get the same thing out of it that, you know, that they got when they were their age. So I think that's because the book is like that too. The book is timeless. Like you I can would say my children would get creeped anybody. out like I did. Oh, I'm probably going <laughs> to listen when it comes Look, to I wasn't creeped these... out by the animation. The animation was fine. The no. whole storyline, the man, the kid got attacked by puppets to be well, marionette yeah. puppets too. And there was a scary clown one behind <laughs> him. To be fair, he wasn't being attacked by puppets. That was the homeless man. Controlling mm-hmm. the oh, okay. That's much more reasonable. <laughs> that was the homeless man scaring him with the puppets. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. much the better. Pro- he was walking through the, the, the car with all the dead toys. And the homeless man who disappears into snow all the time and offered him coffee where he was cooking his own socks uh, decided you, listen, to scare him into believing out. with this creepy puppet and a broken with a broken nose. You're right. That's much better put. Here's and like that leads me to my next question for you, Alex. Um which well, first of all, have you ever? Uh, do you? Uh, did your parents or in school? Did you ever read the Polar Express book, like the original book? No. Okay. I remember reading some of it, and I, I remember. Read it. I remember. I can't seeing, remember. Like, I can't retain all of it, but I got like the the basics. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I had it. To a private, uh, very Christian school, they thought Harry Potter was the devil's magic. I mean, that's so, why I never uh, got to watch the movies. So, yeah. so the flying yeah, same. train I didn't watch Harry Potter either growing up. The flying train would have cut it. Uh, but I, um, the reason I ask is because what did you think about the additions to the book? Because the book story is basically kid gets on train, train gets to North Pole, kid meets Santa, gets the bell, comes back home. That's basically the whole story. And instead, this whole movie stretches that out to like about an hour and a half so what do you think about the additions do you think they were necessary to tell that story or do you think or or, um uh especially because you know they really played on the theme of this kid needs to believe in santa or do you think like they could have maybe like done without some of it to tell the same i think they probably could have done without some of it like that weird part where they're in the caboose of the train and it gets into that circular room they're just kind of spinning on a lazy susan thing going on and then they have to cross the railroad tracks in order to yeah get back. like i can't okay fine like if you want to have them like cross a weird railroad track to signify you know struggle and whatnot and them continuing on their journey um i don't understand what the lazy susan part was for there's no reason for that I think because that was design. It, you, for what though? Because Just like to show, I don't know that the North Pole is like right, elaborate. For again, for what? It would look like a little Switzerland town or a little German town. I think they could have done without that. Um and the weird wrapping room area, I didn't like so much because honestly when they first showed it, I was like, Oh, this is like where all the elves sleep. Even though it looked like all they had little houses, it looked like a room where they slept at first, and then I'm like, oh, it's wrapping paper. Um, I think that whole little section where the little boy finds his gift and he's just holding on to it, I get what they were trying to do. It's like self-growth. He's not thinking about the present. He's like, oh, I should, I need to trust people and whatnot. So I get that point in his lesson and everything. Was he in the book? No. The only, as far as I know, the only character that's actually in the book is the boy. And they added the girl. And Did the, they and add Billy. all the other children? So he was on the train alone? No, no, no. The other kids were there, but he was the only one that was actually the focus of the story. Oh, like, so. Because he's telling oh, the story. I think the like, know it all was in the book, too. Yeah. I, th- like, I think, From like, what I remember. Ki- I think the kids that are on the train were in the train in the book, but they don't play, like, as major a role in the story as they do in the movie. Um, they're kind of just there. Yeah. I could see the need for the little girl because if he just acted how he acted in the book, 
and that's just a little boy sitting on a train, she kind of gave him adventure, which was something he seemed to be lacking because, again, coming from a very analytical child such as myself, I suck the fun out of a lot of things. And I admit that. I'm much more fun now. Where I would just point out like the realism of things and then people would be like, well, no, magic. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Um, So I think having a friend or, you know, a person like that to kind of be like, just go with it. Just keep going. Helps to move along. I mean, probably the book ended up being a bit dry if it's just a boy getting on the train and going to the North Pole. Yeah. They had to add some fantasy, some action, some adventure because it takes you yeah. on an adventure and that's, those are the things when I think about how fondly I think of the movie, those are the things that I remember um, and those are the things that I love, love the most about the movie. Like the, the I, when they're skating on ice on the train or when they're in the... Um, when they're at the North Pole and they're going through all the secret rooms of the warehouse and all that kind of stuff. Or when yeah, the ticket or that scene when the ticket where you just follow the ticket and it's going um, through the snow and in the eagle's mouth and in the bird's mouth and that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like the ticket went on its own little side adventure. Mm-hmm. Even though it probably it- wasn't like ne- completely necessary to the story, it's like visually I, and it takes you it, into the experience it was visually but and i think it was just more of an expression that like it'll always find who it really it truly belongs to you know mm-hmm. like that's the part of the magic that these tickets were really meant for this child that it'll always find its way back to the kid yeah yeah they try to find a good way to like have the animation kind of inform the magical elements of the story without them just blatantly being like it's magic like you just kind of you kind of feel it like especially with stuff like the tickets and the hot chocolate guys (laughs) who Mm -hmm. just like make tables out of nothing with their tablecloths for the kids to drink their hot chocolate and then just the cloth away and there's no table now and you're like i still wonder (laughs) if that hot chocolate was made with whole milk or not it's That's magic milk, Alex. You can't matter. say magic milk. Okay, it's magic milk. You're not lactose intolerant. <laughs> little Alex would have been like, "Um, can I get a substitution, please?" Uh, they would have been Alex like, "Hot chocolate, been... yeah, all right, we're gonna you're finish like, the song." Great. Is the hot chocolate made with water or whole milk? Like, I can stomach fat-free milk. That's fine. But anything two percent and above will make me sick. I feel like as you're giving this speech, they're just sl- they're just they've just ignored you, and they're now on their way to the rest of the kids in the train, <laughs> probably <laughs> serving hot chocolate. <laughs> and what kind of chocolate was it? Was it Nestle chocolate or Hershey chocolate? Because Hershey hot chocolate, I don't think tastes. Very they're good. sitting in the back, There's like Nestle... she's still asking questions. Is she Dave? Well, yeah, Nestle she's asking hot questions. Chocolate she still does taste a little better, but I like the Swiss company chocolate. But we have like the Mexican hot chocolate, which tends to be a little. All right, bitter, enough is enough. I her hot chocolate. Prefer. She don't want no hot chocolate. Give it. Give me the goddamn well, cup. At this point, give they, me the cup. <laughs> what would they have written? What would the conductor have written on Alex's ticket? It would have said. It would have said trust. It would have just said trust. <laughs> trust the hot chocolate. I'm just saying. Maybe that's why there weren't any Mexicans on the train. It's because we have a more bitter hot chocolate, and like. I mean, I kind of prefer that to the oversweet ones that people have nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. That would have been written on my ticket. <laughs> I can't deny that. That's worse than getting learned from the from the uh, know-it-all. <laughs> well, what would you guys have gotten on your ticket? Ooh. What do you mean that's worse than learn? <laughs> Actually, no, learn is worse. Learn is worse. You need to learn how to, like not tell everybody what to do just like i'm just trying to figure out if this chocolate's gonna make me sick or not <laughs> but that's like fair it would have definitely been like trust or calm down relax 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 <laughs> enjoy enjoy. Like, enjoy trust feels like guidance relax feels like i think i all right, think, look enough is enough god dang it all right you go relax i think like it would have been trust but if i flipped it over it would have said enjoy <laughs> Uh, what about you guys? What do you think would have been written on your ticket? What would mine have said? Um, ooh, 
mine would have been listen, probably. Like to that. to be more to like to like you know slow it down and like listen more to what's happening around you. I kind of agree with that, just because when there were like certain scenes that were actually very pretty, you. Not that I'm like saying, oh, you know, you ruined the whole scene. No, but you were making commentary about like the animators and like the directors. And then when the music was playing, you were talking about, oh, they went to this movie and they played this movie and they were directed in this movie. And the musicians also, you know, were the same musicians in this film. And I think you you didn't stop to enjoy it all the time. You didn't just listen to the music. Yeah, that's true. Tom Hanks so, would have stamped your ticket. He would have said, listen, Jerome. <laughs> said, Listen. All right, what about you, Jonathan? I, I need a trust. I, Jerome needs to listen. I Mine probably would have said, uh, I feel like I'm going to take one of yours and, and like calm down because I probably would have been nervous. Even though I probably would have been excited, but I feel like my nerves would have heightened in that moment. I could see that because there's been times where I've had to, when we were when we were working at the IMAX, um, and I would go on an adventure. I had to make you go, and I would kind of have to push you and be like, "Just come on, <laughs> it'll be fine." Oh, so Jonathan's um, our Billy. <laughs> you're our Billy. They're just like, "Come on, it's okay." Billy, like, here's the thing. I not that I don't like Billy in this movie. It's just that Billy is the driving force for a lot of these kids' problems. Cause every like when the train is moving, they have to hit the emergency brake. Cause Billy decides at the last minute he wants to get on the train after the train starts moving, or when they're they're about to meet Santa. Everyone's lining up. We're gonna go meet Santa. Everything's all good now. And what does Billy do? Sit on the train. And then we have to go talk to Billy and ask him to come with us. Lo and behold, does he know that the tra- that the car's disconnected? Now we're in the present room because of you. I- Billy. I did notice that Billy was a lot younger than all the other kids. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I just realized that. Yeah, yeah. He, I noticed he was like shorter, but then I'm like, oh, he's a lot younger. So one, that little girl probably was an old, older sibling. We're gonna. She was probably an older sibling, so she saw this younger kid going like, oh yeah, I definitely need to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Because it's more often so that women do fall that into that role. Especially if there's a big sister, they'll be like, oh, yeah, now you're kind of my little sibling. Um, And I think when that's how that relationship was going, she became a big sister to him. But I think it's just because he was so much younger. You know, his whimsy got lost so much early. And due to the low income housing, it looked like he was living in mm-hmm. with the trash everywhere. Alex kept saying what is why why doesn't he why has christmas been bad for him usually and then at the end of the movie you just see his house and alex is like oh oh so that's why they made it they made it very clear with the trash outside the outside the house it it looks it looks like he's new poor yeah if this is the christmas that's affecting him he's new poor um he did get his present though he did get his present which means he's just young and he doesn't understand that like financial time hard times have hit his parents mm-hmm. he's a good kid and he's just a kid yeah although he Here's did screw up though. a bit a, a bit in this movie they said- again i don't think it was all his fault i mean he was just sitting there and in all fairness the little girl kept bothering him that's true <laughs> and then it was the hero boy which i don't like that they didn't have a name it was a hero boy that just kept following her <laughs> i mean she was perfectly fine she was doing her own thing she was okay the little boy kept doing the hero boy kept doing it to himself because he just kept following her around like because he likes her her. He, he, he thinks she's a very nice girl and she's probably like gonna be like his best friend now you know and it's the 1950s all right a white boy being friends with a black girl that's a rare thing that's a good like or 1960s even more so you know so i'm sure she's gonna grow up to be a civil rights leader or something she's gonna She's gonna fight the good fight. She He'll be it. right there by her side, still be leaving in Santa to help her do it. Although the civil rights movement, if it was the nineteen sixties, it would have been going on like at that moment. So when she was older, it would have been like the nineteen eighties. Jonathan, we are in twenty twenty and people are still fighting the good fight. That's All right. True. She had That's time. True. Yeah, that is <laughs> true. Like she had time. She had she plenty of time. 
to. But J- Jonathan is right. During like the eighties and then well, during the eighties, it it was a lot more progressive. Silented. It got. It was a little more silent. That's true. That's uh, true. The '90s, everybody was angry again. Well, because Rodney <laughs> King happened, mm-hmm. and that brought it all right back. That, and That's then true. also you had, you know, hip hop. Then was also talking about like you know NWA. You had that was the rise of all gangsters. And then rap, you had really. the yeah. But and then the early 2000s came, and that was just a teen boppy time. So everything. Yeah, was rap. forgotten. Just like not forgotten again. It was the age of the Disney Channel movies. Yeah. All right. Before we get too off topic, to wrap <laughs> to wrap up our Polar Express journey. See what I did there. Um, what would you rate your Polar Express experience today out of? Let's use our normal grading system. Yeah. The A the, A, the letter system. Uh, Alex, you can go first. I would give it like a solid B. I can see why like people enjoy it. It's a it's a cute movie, and I think if you don't overanalyze it too much, because um, again, I have an analytical mind. It's fine. Uh, I think it's just a cute. It would be a cute movie to enjoy. Yeah, with your kids or somebody younger, even as an adult, because it's all about just like taking a chance, believing in Santa. You don't have to directly believe in him, but, you know, enjoy the season. Don't become a bitter adult. There you go. Leanne, don't be a bitter adult. Jerome, what about you? Uh, You know, I give it uh, an A. I think out of all the – especially when I think about all the movies that have been made based off kids' books, I feel like this one does it the best um, because it – instead of trying to be, like, cool or – uh, or extra go the extra mile to do things like you know I think of stuff like the Lorax for example where they go the extra mile to tell like all this story for no reason uh, Polar Express focuses on the core of what makes the story good which is that this story is about believing in Santa that's what we're going to focus on and they do a great job of doing that while at the same time uh, having moments where you can uh, see the whimsy and mystical wonder of uh, Christmas and because it's animated they can do a lot more things that a live action film could never do that being said though I would love to see someone try to make a live action Polar Express like because you know the, the way we have that. CG well we've like already now. seen that we can do the ice part uh, with Fast, Fast and the Furious <laughs> so they can do the skidding on the ice and even bring out a nuclear bomb well, uh, even if so they don't that do that live action part's possible. Yeah, and even if they don't do the that. story from the movie, uh, and they just like make up a new story, I still think it would be cool to see that. Like, I would love to see that train coming down like a, a realistic looking street, and like see them try to do the hot chocolate thing because the hot chocolate thing is in the book. It's just not done the way it's done in the movie. So I would love to see I mean... what does that look like in a movie. And like a live action film, so I not that I, I need it, but it's an interesting idea. But overall, A for Polar Express, the way it is, Robert Zemeckis's uh, Polar Express for me, I enjoy this film, and uh, I hope that more parents will show their kids this film. If you don't plan on reading them the book <laughs> uh, anytime soon, but do read the book. It's also that's also good too. I would agree with that. I would also give it an A. It's funny, I don't remember the first time I watched the Polar Express, but I just know that I've grown up watching it, essentially, and loving it. Um, It's nostalgic. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Just, like, the adventure aspect and the fact that they take you through all these locations, through all this peril. Um, It's exciting, and it's fun, and the animation just puts the cherry on top. Um, So I'd give it an A. Uh, and to wrap up kind of our holiday episode, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what are three things that you're either watching right now or that you've grown up watching or have watched in the past that you would recommend people watch this holiday season? Like I said, it could be something you're watching now, essentially holiday themed, something that you're watching now, something that you is one of your favorite movies, uh, and a and a brief explanation why. Uh, Jerome, you uh, Alex, you look like you're about to speak. <laughs> so oh, I'll let you go. No, I just, I'm sure. I was just 
clicking my tooth. I don't know. No, it's fine. It's not um, <laughs> just a habit I do. Um, well, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Um, that's something I've always watched with like my mom and my sister growing up. It was. It's not the first time ever. It hasn't really aired. I think on NBC or ABC. One of them owns it, but I think their contract ran out. So when I went to actually go see my mom, we celebrate Christmas now a little bit early because my sister's birthday is in December, the beginning of December. So we kind of just celebrate around that time since we live in different states now. Um, she bought the movie, so we got to watch it this year with her, and it was just kind of nice, kind of older, you know, just brought back old cheer and stuff like that and then we went ahead and watched like the simpsons episodes that were christmas specials which growing up i watched a lot of the simpsons as i'd mentioned before and seeing the christmas episodes and specifically the first one was their first ever episode was a christmas episode and that's when they got santa's little helper homer found him at the dog track um was a nice you know just going back simpler times where even though it was like an adult cartoon, it was still sweet and, you know, had a feel good ending. You know, they got a dog, they welcomed him home and everything like that. Um, I wasn't too fond of Christmas movies growing up because my mom was really big on them and I, I just hated them. Of course, <laughs> I was a little Grinch. Um, but those two things I really always hold close to my heart, especially the Charlie Brown one. And I think it was ironically because my mom used to call me Charlie Brown as a kid. And as an adult, she still calls me Charlie Brown. At least she calls you Charlie Brown and not Charlie Brown's known uh, insult, which is blockhead. So, <laughs> well, I didn't know people called him blockhead in the in the yeah in the cartoon. They always call well, him block. Well, when they, they when they insult they're him, insulting they're like, him blockhead. You like you blockhead. <laughs> well, I pointed this out, and I don't know why I never realized this. They call him Chuck during yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I I knew they, the Chuck. I I know Lucy calls him <coughs> Chuck all the time. They all call him Chuck, and they're like, hey, Chuck, or they call him Charlie Brown. They never just call him Charlie. And I don't know why it never occurred to me that. But yeah, they're like, oh, look, there goes Chuck doing something weird, or Charlie Brown's sad again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why call him Charlie Brown and then call him Chuck? Why not just call him Charlie? Charlie. But then I'm like, Charlie doesn't feel right either, so. It's like if you called um, Mary Kate Olsen Mary. That's not her name. It's either Mary Kate or mk i don't know i don't know if she goes by mk, MK. i can see that i can see that where she's that just, sounds like her name. street name when she started selling cocaine <laughs> <laughs> yo you got the stuff yeah you mk <laughs> uh not acknowledging that uh, the simpsons christmas Listen, and they had to do Brown something after full house ended all right and the movie started to, the movie well started they to run built dry. a fashion empire they're worth like billions <laughs> of dollars now and behind the yeah. scenes mary kate's out there you know spreading that powder <laughs> <laughs> anyway jerome let's go to your christmas movie <laughs> yeah what's going on with your holidays uh, what are you watching so right now or what have you couple. watched in the past? there's a couple uh i'd be remiss my sister uh, it would be remiss if I didn't mention This Christmas, um, the movie starring uh, Chris Brown, Columbus Short, <laughs> Idris Elba. Very star-studded cast. I can't name everybody right now. But um, great movie, great Christmas film, uh, really good family film at that. Uh, and it's just a good time. It's on Netflix right now, so you can watch This Christmas right now. Um, also, my, my favorite Christmas movies, uh, classics in the same stop motion style as like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, you know, Frosty, all those classics is uh, uh, the year without a Santa Claus. This is where Snow Miser and Heat Miser come from. If you know those those two, uh, I know those two, but I don't remember ever watching that. Yeah, Year Without a Santa Claus. I forget the exact story, but basically Santa is sick, or no, uh, yeah, Santa like Santa's out, or no, yeah, Santa is sick. Santa's sick, and so he can't really do his Christmas thing. And uh, so uh, these uh, ragtag group of people, along with Mrs. Claus, go to uh, essentially help out a town that also has lost their Christmas spirit. So it's like a mix of a lot of things going on. But it's a classic film, really good film. I I I looked it up real quick. Um, His doctor, who thinks nobody cares about him anymore, advises him to take time off and rest from by a cold mm-hmm. instead of delivering presents. So his doctor's like, nobody cares about you <laughs> or your health. Just rest. It's because his doctor's in a town that like 
that they uh never get snow so they don't believe like they never get winter enough and they don't they never get in the christmas spirit uh and so the deal is that these this group of people they're like okay well what if we can make it snow in this town and he's like please and so they go to snow miser to ask if he'll make it snow and or uh and the deal is that you have to ask heat miser and heat miser has his old thing so it's a great movie it's a great time and uh recently uh our mutual friend i i hung out with our mutual friend kaylee and we watched uh happiest season together the new uh movie with Kristen stewart and uh oh, Lord, oh it's on hulu right yes um and it's a and it I, it is I hope it'll be a new Christmas classic. First of all, it's a great rom-com. It's about a uh, two women in a gay relationship, and they go to visit one of the uh, women, uh, their parents. And she hasn't come out the closet yet to her parents. And so, of course, drama ensues. Uh, but it's a great movie, actually. It's really well done. Uh, Mackenzie Davis, that's her name. So Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are the two lead actresses. They're both great in it. Uh, it's a great uh film that really is really progressive in a lot of ways and i've never seen a christmas movie with the lgbt uh you know representation in it where they're not just the gay cousin who's just there to tell jokes and be friends with the female like you know um member of the cast the advisor yeah i i, I mean I there is that, that but they're awesome but the main characters are gay too like there's also but of course they have a gay friend but other than that though it's a good movie it's a really good so film. I, have, I have a question real quick about that movie um i was looking at it and i was thinking about watching it why does she bring her girlfriend home but she hasn't come out to her parents yet because and why did she not warn warn her girlfriend much further like that's not a healthy movie. it's just like get out where it's just like it you know never came up and she's like no, on a whim no, 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 no. she's having a she... romantic moment and she's like why don't you come home with me to christmas and then she doesn't expect her to more or less be like yeah sure i'll go because of reasons and i won't spoil too many of the reasons because it's story element stuff i said Te- i would just highly advise you watch the movie technically uh, get out, out there was a scene at the beginning where she was she didn't warn her about everything that was going to happen with the killing and everything but she did order like oh my dad's gonna say how much he loves obama yeah and but he did, also asked she he, did mention the like the subtle racism but he asked uh, earlier do you know like do they know i'm black and she's like does it matter meaning no i didn't <laughs> so yeah that's but no so it's like why would you not tell your parents that and it's the same thing in this movie yeah where it's but like, like it's different from like i'm bringing my boyfriend oh he's black so like I'm bringing this individual and then not even telling the girlfriend my parents don't Listen, know about Listen, if you us, want these and answers and more, watch even... the movie. I'm just saying this feels like you a screw Hulu, over. You got Hulu, Alex. I'm saying it feels like a screw over on both the parents and the girlfriend. They address she... this. Watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's good. They they address all of that. They address Fine. all that drama. Watch the movie. It's a good <laughs> film. Uh, I don't know if we'll review it here, but uh, if in case we don't, it gets an A from me, an A plus. I loved the movie. So if you're looking for a new Christmas movie to dive into this season, whether you're part of the LGBT or not, I advise you watch Happiest Season if you have Hulu or if you have a friend who has Hulu. Awesome. Uh, for me, um, I have to probably start off with uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, Ooh, which I actually haven't <laughs> watched in like years. It was on TV maybe a week or two ago, and I wasn't able to watch it then, but I will definitely be watching it between now and Christmas because I haven't seen it in a minute, and I just remembered loving it, and I don't remember what happens in the movie other than Grandma getting run over by a reindeer, but (laughs) it is definitely one to watch. Uh, I also have to give a shout-out to all of the disney channel and nickelodeon christmas specials that i used to watch growing up that would air during this time particularly the like even stevens hanukkah episode the that's oh, so raven yeah. christmas episode i love that one because he it's kind of like a wonderful life mixed with hanukkah yep yep i remember that one i like that one um the rugrats hanukkah episode 
just all of those uh, Nickelodeon. Hey Arnold, uh, Hey Arnold Christmas episode. Oh my gosh, when he when, when he tries to find Mister Huynh's daughter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, I was a Cartoon Network kid, so I don't, I don't know half of these. Uh, <laughs> like, like, not by heart. I, I, I remember the <laughs> Hey Arnold one made me cry a little bit. That's like a classic. It is. Um, and last but not least, also shout out to the Santa Claus, even though I have differing opinions on Tim Allen now. Um, the Santa Claus is, <laughs> is, still, <laughs> is still a classic and Home Alone and that kind of stuff. I'm, tr- I'm sorry. I'm saying more than three, but um <laughs> last but not least um on netflix i recently watched the television series dash and lily and it was so joyful i really enjoyed it i had a good time watching it um it's about this boy and girl they're like 17 years old and the boy finds this book in a bookstore and it has these instructions if you want to meet me then you have to basically like do all of these christmas theme things he's not really into christmas she is they are only communicating through this journal through this notebook and you hardly ever see them on screen uh during the series but their chemistry is just amazing um and it's like eight episodes you can watch it easily you can binge it 30 minutes each and it's just a fun time it's starring uh austin abrams from euphoria and uh uh, Madiri, is it Mad- uh, Midori Francis? She was in the movie Good Boys, so I recommend that one hundred percent. Wait, really quick. Yes. They have a magic journal that connects each other. No, <laughs> they like... they write in the journal, and and the person who writes in it says, "I'll leave this at so and so." It takes place in New York, so they just like go to different New York places. And they'll say, hey, you have to do this dare. Um, oh, and okay. and then you'll leave the notebook here and then I'll pick it up and then I'll leave it here. So they just write to each other in the notebook. Hmm. I uh, speak it, thinking of Christmas. You also reminded me uh, for those who are fans of Euphoria, the most recent uh, newest episode thing takes place on Christmas so technically this is like a Christmas episode for you to dive into <laughs> if you would like yeah so and, and I have seen it it's really good I highly advise you watch it I can't wait for the next one to come out HBO is killing it out here with these shows for Zendaya real. especially is killing it just on beh- on her behalf solely by herself so <laughs> watch the Euphoria uh Rue special episode that's on HBO if you have HBO Max. Yes. And it's weird because all of these well, that's that's a special, but um all of these Christmas series are coming out. And it's weird because normally if you're watching regular TV, like broadcast TV, you normally wouldn't get a Christmas series because it would take too long. Like it would it would steep into October. You would have to start watching the show in October, mm-hmm. and each week you would have to air an episode. But now that there's so much binging going on, you can make a Christmas series and have eight episodes of it, and it'd be no problem. So that's kind of cool. Oh, one more suggestion uh, on HBO Max. Since we're, we're hyping HBO, we're just gonna do suggestions upon suggestions. <laughs> exactly. Let's go for it. Since we're hyping HBO Max up so much, uh, there's a TV series called The Twelve Dates of Christmas, and it's basically like the bachelor where you have three, you have three leads. Um, you have a, uh, um, two men, two, two men, one woman, two men, one woman. Um, so it's one straight man, one straight woman, one gay man. And they all have people who are coming in to, to find love with, um, and they're looking to take someone home for Christmas it's really silly. It's really fun. There's some drama in there. So if you like those type of shows, then I recommend it 100%. And, sorry, I also <laughs> have one. But this is only for those who would like, for those of you out there who are like, oh, what? They didn't say Die Hard? Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Let me tell you something. If you want something to watch, you, for those of you who are the Die Hard as my Christmas movie fans, 
watch Happy. That's a TV show made by Sci-Fi based off a comic oh, book. Oh, I love Happy. Happy is a re- is a Christmas series. Well, at least the first season. Second season is Easter. First season is Christmas, though, and that's more or less what the comic book is too. So if you read the comic and you want to see the show, it is read the okay. first like watch the really, first season. Really quick, Happy really is good, and I like it. And it's with the actor who plays Detective Stabler from SVU. Uh, really great actor weirdly flexible man yeah he takes pride in showing off that he can uh, do a split like in a lot of instagram photos and stuff <laughs> he takes pride in that that he's a very uh, flexible. christopher maloney oh there's his name but yeah uh he's a very flexible but uh warning if you want to f- like it's not whimsical it's whimsical but it's also a very, very dark series. It is very adult, very dark. It is not. It is, it is very it adult. Is very it's rated not, R. So do, do not, not show watch this, this to with your children. Yeah. Do not watch this with your parents. Uh, this is something watch with friends or something like that. It is not. Who can handle it? Who can handle holiday. it? Like friends who true. can handle it? Because it is very dark. Is, it, but it gets. It scratches that rated R itch that Die Hard scratches for a lot of y'all out there. I just wanted to you know give it, an option. That's you know for the for the adults. Than Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, it does go a little further than Die Hard. It gets weird. I don't think Die Hard is a Christmas film. I don't either, but that's you know, that's for debate. That's a debate for another podcast. That is. <laughs> I will say I do believe that um, Nightmare Before Christmas is technically a Thanksgiving film. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is that even an option? Yeah, because that's when it's uh, that's when it's uh, all occurring. Because it's right after Halloween and before Christmas, so what? What holidays between those two? What's happening? But it's spooky like Halloween, but tells the the, that has a message like Christmas. Kind of like Thanksgiving. It's this weird (laughs) in between. Since when is Thanksgiving spooky? Do you not remember what Americans did to the Native Americans? If that's not spooky or scary or warning, uh, I don't know what is. Oh but then it's God. also like really sweet because you spend time with family at Christmas and eat a lot. It's like it's a horror movie for them. They were the first. <laughs> they I were mean, the first ones to die. There we go. <laughs> Brought it all full circle. I exactly. Am, um, and and with with that being. And said, again, I am Native American, or Native Mexican, however they, you want to phrase it, and. Like 60, 60 to seventy percent Mexican, and my family has lived in Durango for generations upon generations, which makes me, as well, Native American. Um, I'm still one of the first people to die. Jordan Peele is not helping me at all. He'll, Mexican or Native American? Listen, you just like, need somebody who's a Native American or Mexican to be, you know, to make their get out, whatever that may be. Honestly, at this time, I'd settle for any other Latin country. One of them surviving, or you know what, Alex? Even the Dominican you, get you a Dominican Showtime cause... subscription. Watch, uh, um, Penny Dreadful, City of Angels. That show is about uh L.A. during I want to say the night just before World War Two, and it is all about a government trying to squash the Chicano, uh, uh community out there at that time it is all about and there's all, a lot it's of chicano the community i know but i'm just saying you know to have a show it, it was nice reality. to have a show that's actually about ch- the chicano culture for I... once in a while as opposed to you know them just kind of like anyone of hispanic you know, or latino honestly at this being, point you know, a side character i i will be happy to take a dominican because even though they refer to themselves as black or they consider themselves black they're still technically latin um so that's mildly in my favor so i take a dominican surviving specifically i'd be cool with that and on that note yeah we went all (laughs) to end our christmas episode off the edge there but nonetheless (laughs) i'm just saying i want to survive uh let's let's uh Ease on out of here. Um, where can we find you, wonderful souls, at on social media? Uh, Jerome, you can go first. Uh, you can find me at not Jerome Rett. Uh, that's on my Instagram. That's pretty much where I reside. You know, you might notice it's a little light on videos and whatnot. Uh, trying to fix that as my New Year resolution. So be on the lookout for new stuff coming up there. And also, uh, you can also follow me at Robozoo 
uh, on Robozo Media on Instagram as well. So that's going to be my new creative venture for the next, I don't know, decade. <laughs> so, so come check me out there. All right. And Alex, where can we trust you at? Why do you have to do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Call me out like that. Apparently, need. Maybe that's what I should change my Instagram name to. Uh, I'm still at living my okayest life on Instagram. Mainly, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter with that same username. I randomly, very randomly tweet. Um, but yeah, I'm more active on just Instagram. Cool. And you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, and the likes. Uh, I won't say our, our podcast socials because we already said that at the beginning. So with that, I'll just say have a good night. Have a happy holidays. And we will see you next time for our Wonder Woman 1984 review. It's about to be lit. Do you think they're going to have Blockbuster in there as like a timestamp again? Probably. Probably. God, I feel old. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Later, guys.